You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Hello, I'm Russell Kane, and this is Boys Don't Cry with Joe.co.uk. We're going to be discussing the things we wish men did discuss, but they never do. Only I'm going to force my two guests to discuss them. And those guests are David Quantic and Arthur Smith. I'm also joined by AJ Odudu, who will be doing a lady audit during and at the end of each debate to find out if we're talking rubbish, if we've got it wrong, if men need to change their ways. How are you guys, I should probably ask, first of all, because that's apparently something we don't ask enough, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, fine, thank you. How are you? I'm, gu- I'm good. <laughs> I love being called a lady. By you. Is that good or bad? Would you rather be a woman? Woman, lady, I love it all. I think my accent, you hear me and you think lady, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you actually, <laughs> what you actually think is lady. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I, I was asking, that wasn't a loaded question, that is we are notoriously bad at sharing and talking about these awkward things. So that's why when I ask it at the top of this one, I'm not just, how are you? Good, glad to hear it. And your top hat, perfectly iron. <laughs> yeah, well, David's obviously in the... Because uh, there's the old clichés, unfair to middling, mustn't grumble, can't complain. That's the sort of old school, doesn't really say anything. Uh, where, where are you on there, David? Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because if you're British saying can't complain, it's just an obvious lie. Yeah. <laughs> You don't even deserve the blue passport coming your way if you can't no. complain. Well, you haven't complained, though, David. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so the subjects don't really serve any agenda. They're not really topical. It's just the things that have caught my eye. And, of course, Love Island trundles and continues, capturing the attention of more people every night than any debate to do with Brexit or the World Cup. But one of the issues it's thrown up... Last week we spoke about men's bodies. Why are men inflating themselves with steroids? Why are we thinning our body fat and are trying to achieve a body shape that most women don't want? This week I want to talk about body hair. I mean, <laughs> it's been debated for years. Feminists have talked about it. Katie Moran talks about it. It's almost passe to discuss female body hair. We know the hell you live in, ladies, and we know the stereotypes. But have you ever heard a group of men forced to discuss hairlessness? On the male body, we well, are about to. Well, as I understand it, there are more and more men who are shaving their... Ch- I mean, you don't see hairy chests much anymore, Not that much. In fact, actually, on my Instagram feed today, a hairy chest popped up. And I was <laughs> startled, to be honest. This guy had just gone swimming and all of his hair had, like, congealed together and was just glued to his Did pale you like skin. It? I just was... Initially, was like... Oh, and then I was like, actually, it's fine. Obviously, you're not born with a bare chest, but most people are. No, you are. I mean, I you are. And then it grows. Chest. And then it grows. Unless you're particularly mad. I can imagine you're thinking of bears. I'm thinking of bears, yeah. Bears Grizzly born bears. Hairy. Yeah, they're born. Babies hairy. aren't. Well, they are actually, aren't they? They're always babies in books. You've always, they always turn up like Richard III, don't they? Yeah. Because they're born <laughs> yeah. hairy. And that's how you know they're evil. If you've had a hairy baby, I'm not suggesting that you are evil, by the way. <laughs> no, just that you're born yeah. <laughs> But do you think it's a generational thing, Dave? Because, honestly, if you look at Instagram, if you look at the boys on telly, if you look at uh, the models, and we'll find out what is preferred in a minute when we really, like, drill down into AJ's real opinion, which we'll be forced to give. Take the gloves <laughs> off, AJ, we need to know. Did men used to be hairy? Well, there are two things here. One is feminisation, which is the idea of, you know, using lots of beauty products, things like that, noticing that women don't smell disgusting and thinking, how can I be like that? And the other thing, I blame tattoos. Mm. It's a generational thing. People my age and Arthur's age, we don't generally have tattoos, but most people now do. 
And I would imagine it's very hard to tattoo someone who looks like a bear's arse. <laughs> can't the hair grow back over the no, tattoo? No, it can't. It, it, can. it, it can't. Yeah, it can. Absolutely Look can. at that. Oh, oh right. God. I've got hairy, ta- hairy tattoo being shown <laughs> oh to the Oh, my gosh. No, I'm having my tattoo lasered off because I hate it so much. Well, I was going to say, yeah. that tattoo looks... Uh, like he's gone wrong. Are you suggesting no a faded hairy tattoo isn't attractive? <laughs> What's it meant? I mean, for the listeners at home, we don't know what it is either. It was supposed to be a lightning bolt and it went wrong. I realised <laughs> the symbol of celerity is probably not good hovering over the pelvis. It comes from gay culture. I will never forget being in a swimming pool changing room without my glasses on, bending down and seeing an older gentleman who'd completely shaved his boiled egg zone. And it's the first time I'd ever seen male genitals shaved above the age of seven. But when I was, uh, you know, a young man, then it was a big point about women didn't shave. They didn't, mm. you know, have any of this big... First, you're talking about first-wave feminism, yeah, growing your body right. hair. It was a sort of point not to shave mm. then, which was fine. I mean, I, it didn't make any difference to me. I don't know why women do shave so much. I only do it because it gets a bit itchy. What do you mean you only shave women because it gets itchy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bad idea for me to attempt to shave anyone, including myself. I'm not really a... But uh, shaving is so boring, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. no, I, no one's ever it. is it. really boring, yeah. I, wa- I wasn't planning, I genuinely wasn't planning on telling the story as I've literally only just remembered it and have no idea whether it's appropriate to share <laughs> it or not. But this is a true story. It's to, this is just staying on the of female depilation just for a second. So I went through a phase, as everyone should, of not working at all and just staying in and watching, like, Bob Ross painting and Countdown and getting intoxicated. And uh, it was my friend uh, Andrew, we used to see me and little Andrew used to sit in. And he had one of those council flats that's where it's a long hallway and the bedrooms are at the end and we were, we were in the living room, so sometimes we didn't know whether his mum or dad were in. And I'm trying to find a way of telling this, it's not <laughs> Anyway, we were a little bit uh, worse for wear, and uh, we knew there was a lighter and stuff like that and Rizzler in his dad's room. So Andrew's gone down the hall. We didn't even know his parents were in. And when he opened the door, there's no way of dressing this up, his mother was in the traditional stirrups position and his dad was shaving his mother. <laughs> no. I swear to you, mate. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> He's come back down the hallway, pale. Like, you know when someone's just sort of had a death revealed to them on the phone because <laughs> we're both a little bit high and we're sort of, he's explained to me we're both sort of sat there in a panic attack we've got the formula the formula one was on the tv i'll never forget it and i didn't know whether to like hug him console him it was just so horrible and i should have left then about 10 minutes later the dad's come down made three cups of tea just put them down in the lounge and now we're all sat there watching formula one together and nothing happened for half an hour and then the dad turned to my friend and said this it needed doing, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you. Oh, my God. True story. Oh, my gosh. But do you that know what? That was my first experience with depilation in real life. Fair play to him, because I just think, actually, instead of whinging to his friends, instead of going off and saying, my wife's got a hairy fanny that I can't cope with, he just dealt with it. Face on. Well, I hope you asked the first. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. It's the most British response you've ever heard. It needed doing, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) So, so when I was when I was like 18, 19, this was just the start of it. So, I I guess it isn't aging. When I was 18, 19, 20, there was not a hair on any female body that I ever encountered. I don't know if porn is slightly responsible for some of what's happened as well. I hear what you're saying about tattoos, but if this were a Poirot episode, I think tattoos would be found innocent and he would turn his mustachioed gaze to porn because I swear this stuff that's come over from California 
is what a lot of boys my age, men my Are age... all the women in these porn things... They were from about 1999 onwards. Yeah, they're completely Not hairless. a few anywhere. I think it's a Britpop and Tony Blair and the death of Princess Diana are the three things that caused hair to vanish from... Well, the- <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain this, please? Like it's just the, you know, but it's pornography. Obviously, it's pornography. Because basically, men who like pornography want to have sex with plastic corpses with no hair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they've got sex robots now, haven't they? Yeah, sex robots are, you know, better than that for women, I am guessing, if you like <laughs> porn, because they are just basically... In the 19th century, people used to break into Madame Two Swords and rub themselves against... The waxworks. That's disgusting. I mean, I would never do that on a corporate do when we know it ourselves. I mean, what was worse is I picked Terminator. It's not even a woman. (laughs) (laughs) But men seem to have caught this. I always sort of... I despair sometimes. You know, like, oh, feminism doesn't necessarily mean women becoming men's equals, but men becoming women's equals in some of the negative stuff. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> eating, eat, eating disorders. Well, so men should uh, shave themselves. No. So we, there's a, instead of everyone being lifted up by equality, yeah. we've gone, do you know what, I fancy some of that eating disorder, smooth-bodied neuroses. I'm going to climb down and join you, ladies. I find that... So, I just do find it interesting, and the notion of porn being a big part of it, mainly because growing up in Blackburn, in school, <laughs> girls in the changing room did porn fun at each other she's the heavy one she's the one with the big mm. nipples this that anything and we weren't watching well I certainly wasn't watching porn age 13 and 12 yet I remember I think it was athletics and some girl just brushed up against my leg and she said oh do you not shave your legs we all shave our legs you must shave your legs yeah, and all of a sudden I'm like do you want to shit I didn't think I even needed to shave my legs and in hindsight probably didn't you know that's fair baby hair do you know what I mean do you shave your legs and now I do a whole host of things yeah but that's just legs. for streamline for running isn't it AJ just to give you that edge exactly <laughs> I wax I shave I use hair removal cream laser all of it because and it still goes back <laughs> but who'd have thought 10, 15 years later we'd be discussing the same thing for blokes the David Beckhamization of men yeah. the back sack does and crack does David Beckham have no pubes? no but he's sort of he's, <laughs> he's the president of the back sack and crack association if you know what I mean <laughs> uh, I mean uh, a couple of years ago that was a, like a joke I'm going for a back sack it was like a joke because it was such a minority thing for blokes to do it's something you would say to mock someone who yeah. wore a nice shirt oh I'll go for your back sack and crack Arthur putting your nice shirt on but now it's a genuine thing yeah there's male grooming only salons honestly I just think it's down to preference I certainly think that if a guy is repulsed at his woman having prickly legs, hairy armpits and a bushy fanny, then he has absolutely no right not to do the same. I think if I'm going to this level of grooming, maybe you should try and keep it tidy as well. So, so you should, that said... You should I, match the hair, the hairiness of the person you're dating. I, that I doesn't just, help single people, does it? Or what if you're bald? Exactly. <laughs> what exactly. about beards as well? You, you know, that's everyone's got a beard now, haven't they? Like, they all yeah. used to have moustaches a hundred years ago. Now everyone's got... A, a lot of young people have got beards, haven't they? Yeah, mm. so we've got bearded faces and shaved chests. Yeah. yeah. What does that signify, David? It's like hair is a colony of insects that moves around your body and migrates. <laughs> and it used to be on your stomach and your arse, and now it's 
What really annoys me, just looked around quickly, is bald men with beards. Because it's like, all right, mate, your hair's fallen out, get over it. You'd have to overcompensate by covering your chin. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, it's occasionally a beard. It gives you a sort of uh, a different look. It's worth trying. So have you ever had a beard, David? I had a really unpleasant sort of goatee beard, like a French murderer. <laughs> 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 and it didn't work, and it made me look worse, and I regret moustache, it. I did, I did find moustache. a moustache in, in during the it was the yeah, mature days. Had, yeah, we all had moustaches in the seventies. Yeah. Just do you? Yeah, well I do, and that's why I got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, AJ. So, so you got out of it last time. I'm single. I'm, let's say, for example, mm. I'm a single guy. I'm aged anywhere between twenty five and forty five. I'm going on holiday. I would like to meet a lady. If I had to toss a coin and go for some sort of body hair grooming, what would be the safest option? No dodging the question. I just think, Trim, don't shave, don't wax, just see how you feel. The back? Just the back? Shorter. Now, when we're talking about back, neck and shoulders, a lot of women, including myself, not into a hairy back. (laughs) Why is that? Because if you get with a guy who has... A hairy back, a hairy neck, hairy chest, hairy everything. It's like mating a bear, and you don't <laughs> want to do that. Guys, have either of you two got hairy backs? I've got a very hairy back. Oh, dear. Would you, I, like, some, I would you like some honey with that? <laughs> I'm just going to go down to the stream and catch a fish with my, <laughs> with my paw. If you could eat a pill and you didn't grow any hair again, where you're to shave, would you take that pill? That's an excellent question. Really is an we excellent should be question. on the moral maze there. <laughs> if you were to take a pill and your knob would fall off, that's the side effect. <laughs> so you'd have you... no hair and no knob. You'd be a Ken doll. You'd be a Ken doll. Forget the knob. Bit, Has Ken if... not got a knob? No, Ken's just got a, a glade, so, yeah, smooth yeah. hump, hasn't he? Mm. It couldn't. How disturbing would it be for little girls if you whipped Ken's pants down and there was a fucking swing? Winnie the Pooh, I remember. He hasn't got a Winnie, has he? No. Well, he's actually a stuffed toy, to be fair. <laughs> and he's a bear, wow. covered in hair, hairy back, well, disgusting bastard. Bears I presume. <laughs> Try it. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I'd have that pill. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd buy the batch of pills. I remember growing up, you know, on the female body, it was like, you just leave a strip. You do your bikini line and you just leave a strip. Then, gradually, as I've gotten older, it's like, no, actually, it's all going to go. And so I imagine for guys, it's exactly the same. Well, not, One minute a beard's in, the next minute it's not. I just, well, we're dancing around the question. I'm not trying to like, be overly filthy here, but guys are doing that as well. This needs talking about. I'd love to know the percentage of men, particularly men under 40, definitely men under 30, are shaving their bits. Yes. I mean... What the hell's going on there? Surely there isn't a woman that wants to see a sort of a prepubescently smooth man. Absolutely not. There needs to be some grass on the pitch. However, <laughs> that grass needs to be well maintained. It needs to be clean. It needs to be trimmed. Yeah. It needs to have had a level of muddy. care. Right, well, there we are. I think we've exhausted... Uh, Body hair. It was a passionate and spirited debate, David. <laughs> I thought it was going to get out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other thing I want to talk about, which I does it split down gender lines. So I've been speaking to my friends about this body functions. Now it appears there are two types of couple out there. There is an, an apartheid of body function couples that let it all out in front of each other, and couples that never cross that line. I'm in a relationship, married. I have a two-year-old daughter, and Lindsay and I have never, ever crossed the fart boundary, not mm. once, ever. 
Well, I, I would say my partner, there's an unspoken agreement that my partner doesn't, the Queen doesn't fart famously. Yeah. So, Her farts go in, don't they? That she actually absorbs them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind a fart. I mean, you can't help it sometimes, can you? It's embarrassing if it's in a lift. But, <laughs> you know, it's a bodily function. I haven't farted during the course of this podcast. <laughs> well, someone has. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right, though. I think farts do diffuse the situation. Yeah. What is it about masculinity, right, and men that makes that okay? Between a group of blokes, we're like... Uh, 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 uh. But, yeah, if it was a group of girls, if we sat around in... Yeah, I don't... I mean, does it, really? To be honest, the idea of a bunch of women guffing does not distress or offend me, you know? No. In, inside, we're it all... amuses me. We're not all the same inside, but it's just farts. I don't really... <laughs> think, to be honest, if the Queen came in here now and shat herself, I wouldn't be that bothered. <laughs> That is a bad fart, isn't it? That, I wouldn't yeah, trust someone farted. to be the head of state if she couldn't correctly judge the ferocity. <laughs> you can't choose when to fart. I, don't I mean, fart, if you can always choose not to fart, then you would. I don't know if Theresa May or Scary Spice came in here now and let one go. I just wouldn't... I'd just be... I don't. I don't have. I was once driving with a lady friend through the countryside, and I did say, "Goodness me, the countryside's ripe today." And she did say, after a while, "That was me." And I can see the embarrassment. Point. I'm, tr- I'm trying to yeah. get around without without it sort of being some reductive bait. Going farts are funny. That's the end of it. Move on. Is that there seems to be more social currency between blokes in body functions than there is between girls? Is that a myth or is it or is it true, AJ? I think it's absolutely true. I think you're absolutely right, Arthur. Like there is this perception that women don't fart. It's a lot more embarrassing for girls, especially if it's in front of a guy that you fancy. Although, now, I'm starting to find that couples, particularly younger couples, are starting to take it one step further and actually go to the loo well, they, in front of each other. Well, this is what I want to talk what about. What is that about? There are couples where one sits on the toilet whilst the other one is in the bath and they talk and they have a conversation about their day. Now, I hear what you're saying. You're going to say, well, it's just body functions. We're all the same. doesn't matter. But how can you then go back to looking at each other as erotic objects when one of you have just sat on the toilet? <laughs> if I'm in the bath and the lady's on the toilet, she's only weeing, I'd say. Yeah, yeah there are couples fine. across that line, believe me. To the, yeah. So if you saw someone's poo eyes, i.e. that's when they go, and their eyes sort of roll in the back of their head, I personally would, would But not in be a way, that's the greatest that, intimacy of all, isn't it, in a sense? If no. You know, because of the greater intimacy. <laughs> well, I know, but I mean... Could be affected. I think there should be a rule of distance, that if you have a toilet in your bathroom, then you should be allowed to have a wee, but you should only be allowed to have a dump if your toilet is on a different floor, yeah. and then you can talk through a speaking tube. <laughs> Uh, really, you might as well just sit in the bath and defecate if that's how close you think you are. I'm reminded of Mark Thomas used to have a joke years ago when he started out. Was uh, the definition of middle class is someone who gets out the shower to have a wee? <laughs> I heard there's two types of people: those that wee in the shower and liars. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the most embarrassing or overly intimate thing you've done in front of a partner that you that you would like to take back, AJ? Anywhere? 
I went out with somebody, so it wasn't about me, this story, so I'm sorry. And she <laughs> said that their main, the main problem with the person they was having sex with was that he used to make a noise like a little owl. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Like, do, do, Go on, do it. Well, she, her voice was she would go, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And I think, oh my God. I think that's actually weirder and more frightening than just somebody... I once, this isn't a sexual thing, but it sounds like it. Once I had a very bad hangover and I was living in a flat where the shower was next to the kitchen. My wife's friends were down for the weekend. And it's one of those great sort of coincidences of life. I was at, you know when you're having a shower with a hangover and everything hurts? Yeah. You just go, oh, oh. <laughs> this happened during, by complete coincidence, the two-minute silence on Armistice Day. <laughs> and all the friends were in the next room. And I was just going, oh, oh, oh. It's quite annoying when you've got a neighbour who's having very vigorous sex sort of upstairs or in the room, you know, in the house next door. Yeah. And that's what you sounded like. That's why I sounded like a neighbour having sex. Not yeah. Even. But, yeah, I think being in the same house as people having... I think being in the same... Bed as people having sex is horrible. Yeah, that, that, what, that happened. Does that happen in, it, like, in, in this male, country? <laughs> in the male community, I mean, do people have sex in the same bed? What do you mean? Like someone's the lying there while two other people are shagging? Yeah, yeah that it does. Oh, well, we must have done that when you were young. When you know, some no. Sort of oh, what do you do it when you're very when you're very young? Like you know, it's not teenagers all snogging and you're all in the same room at a party. Yeah, I could imagine it happening then. But in adult life, that is definitely something more kinky. If you're lying there while your husband and wife or someone in your <laughs> life <laughs> break into people's houses, Mister Mister, hello, George, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, that's well, yes, don't mind me. Well, isn't that the principle of dogging, isn't it? What to accept with beds? It makes more sense. Dave, you just lay there going, is it our best to stay here? <laughs> I like the idea of indoor dogging, people just standing around, <laughs> standing around your bed in your house. It would be much more popular in the UK if we had indoor dogging because of the weather. Yeah. yeah. So if you ever well, stop... we can start a thing there, it could be money made. Has that ever happened to you then, David? What? Well, you've been in bed while two other people are shagging, you're the one that brought it up. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> three or four times. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, David. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You find your own room. You find your way back. But it- what does... I mean... Wow. Go on, AJ's amazed. Blow her mind. I'm literally, I, yeah, like, is this a drunken situation? Is this just a situation that's... I was just very tired. <laughs> and, Next. yeah, I was under the impression that nothing was going to happen with the other people in the bed, and then it did start to happen. And then you didn't There's think a to lot move. Of pretending to think to move. <laughs> you didn't think to exit the room. Well, I remember you just laid there going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought like I pretended to be an owl. <laughs> just turned his head completely well, round like an days. owl. You know, when I used to go to parties as a young man, that was. I think they didn't have night buses or anything then, so mm. you couldn't really get home. So you just used to sort of kick down wherever the party was, and there'd quite often be a couple of couples. We are talking there, after though. long nights of drinking, but yeah, we're not talking to you know, I don't know, someone's wedding, <laughs> a quiet dinner party. Oh, yeah, Do you mind if I go up and sleep in bed at the dentist? Yeah. It is different if everyone's like hammered at the party and there's a couple of people shagging in the corner. That's a different image in my head. So you just sort of lay <laughs> impassively being rocked about like <laughs> hammers each other. It wasn't like I just popped round to borrow a DVD <laughs> and got tired. Suddenly had a lie down. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about a really important subject when it comes to particularly to blokes. Drinking and the bonding that surrounds drinking. I'm sure we've all got stories around drinking and the World Cup's happening at the moment, so there's even more of it. 
but something happens to blokes when they get in groups and drink with alcohol. It's almost like on an epidemic level in the United Kingdom. We definitely have more problems or benefits, lads, with it than other countries. Well, I don't know, in Northern Europe, I'd say it's a bit like, not so much in Southern Europe. But the cultural difference I... I've observed, and I've dated an Austrian girl and I've been about a bit in the Scandinavian countries, is although they do do that when they go out, they are also capable of going out in the middle of the week and not drinking. Yeah. Now, that is almost alien to the Brit. It's like, we're all going to go out Wednesday, five of us, which pub are we going to? Do you accept that there is an element of severe drinking in British culture? Yes, I, and I was guilty of it. <laughs> so, gee, was, yeah, 2001 yeah. you stopped drinking, right? A glass of wine changed your life. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I got a, an illness from drinking. I got not just pancreatitis, not just acute pancreatitis, not just chronic acute pancreatitis, chronic acute necrotizing pancreatitis. I was in hospital when I was in intensive care and I was more likely to die than live from drinking too much. How much were you drinking? Well, actually, I mean, not not a huge amount, more than a lot of my friends, really. But, I mean, I was drinking a lot, so I've retired now. And you can't, there's no impulse, like, there's no incentive, like, being in intensive care, nearly dying, <laughs> to make you sort of think, mm, maybe I shouldn't drink so much. Yeah, so I've had a hangover for 14 years or something, wow. imagine that. Amazing. What was that, yeah. like? what was that like being in, if you're right to talk about it, what was that like being in hospital, like, seeing your life sort of... It was very scary, especially as like I woke up in intensive care and there was all my family and parents and friends just so sat in a circle like I was on my you, deathbed. Had you blacked out then? At that point, yeah, I was. I think they'd given me a lot of drugs as I was in a huge amount of pain. And mm-hmm. I was more likely to die than live at one point. And, you know, I was on a lot of things. But then, you know, I mercifully uh, came out, eventually came out through the unfortunately named Patient's Discharge Lounge. <laughs> and I, I realised I'd learned that I really like morphine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you think you were going to die, or did you think, oh, they say I'm going to die? Because often you think you get the survival I, I didn't realise at that point how close I was. Although, funny enough, I've had a friend who had a very close to death experience, and she's a bit depressive. And she told me that as she, she thought, oh my God, I'm dying. I don't want to die. And actually, the realisation that she had that she didn't want to die was actually a wonderful kind of revelation to her because mm. she'd been quite depressed. Yeah. So so picking up by what I'm saying about men, particularly the way blokes bond and have a conversation, how do you find that now when you go out to a pub? Well, it, Just I, sat there. What's, I, what's your I, first comment? of all, I noticed when I, after I was sober for a bit, I noticed that drunks can be very, very boring. You know, they're repetitive, they're argumentative, some people Sounds think like stand aggressive. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, of course, stand-up is often associated with yeah. alcohol. There's not many jobs you go and half the people there are all drinking heavily, True. you know... Uh, Whereas stand-up, that sort of sustains it. In a way, people laugh more if they're drunk. So in stand-up, it's a sort of... Encouraged. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, certainly with the audience, anyway. Yeah. I mean, you can't be... Have you, must have you been on stage drunk? We did it I did for an experiment once in Australia. I was with Terry Alden, and I, said, I was such a square. I love a beer after and a glass of wine, but I'd never, ever even had half a lager before I went on stage. So he went, let's go on stage, wank it, and see what it's like. And it was just you know, a total disaster. I couldn't even yeah. face the right way. 
when there used to be Hegley, John Hegley's theories, you'd always have one, be, have had one pint, you'd be one pint less pissed than the average member of the audience. Right, so that's no nine points. You're, you're all right. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a high bar in some places. So what, what is it about UK culture, David, that means like the average group of blokes can't go to the pub? I mean, but this is one of my favourite quotes from my group of friends, Wayne, when I went home for Christmas and we all got out in rural Essex, and I said, it's your turn to drive, and his response was, do you know what? I won't bother going then. Because in his head, attending yeah. and not drinking mm. is the same as not going at all. Yeah. yeah What's wrong with that. us? I think the main thing is that in Britain, people just want to die. So, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's a horrible, horrible place because it's not sunny. The food is... Bi- I was interested in millennials allegedly drink less because they eat better food. They probably have better weather systems in their heads from not being so hairy, you know, with all the <laughs> tattoos and that. And... If I was, if I was, basically, if I was me, if I was a middle-aged, balding man who lived in England, I would drink heavily. And <laughs> my friends are all scum, which we look at each other in the bleakness of our lives. And we go in a pub and we put on an Oasis CD to remind us of how we were in our 30s once and we were still unhappy, but we were younger. And... But yeah, drink is an escape whiskey. sometimes, isn't it? I it's mean, when you're escape. very drunk, you, I mean, you know, people want to live in the moment. Well, you're really in the moment if you're very drunk, I suppose. Mm. Does it also come down to the fact that most blokes struggle to have a conversation as a group? Yeah, I think that's If there isn't alcohol there. So they can talk about, when there's foot, particularly this time of year with football, it's like men have got the default subject they can talk about. But sometimes I'll come home from having seen friends or having worked with a group of comedians I've not seen for a while where it's been during the day, and Lindsay would say, oh, how's so-and-so's son? I don't know, I didn't ask. How's his wife? Mm. I didn't ask. I've spoke to them all day and haven't extracted any personal information about how they are, you know, how they're feeling. Well, why not, Russell? I mean, if I was with someone all day, I would definitely say, well, how's things with you? Or, you know, what did you do yesterday? Well, that's because you've been sober for 14 years. (laughs) You've got to fall back on emotions. If I've been out and got drunk with my friends, it's like, oh, my God, you're never going to guess what... John told me when he was drunk, he's had a row with his missus, this, that and the other. Yeah. Do we lack the the ability to share that stuff unless we're intoxicated? Is there a link there, particularly with men, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I go out, I have small children now, and I go out with an NCT group, National Childbirth People, and it's quite weird because the only thing we've got in common, we don't know each other for years, is our children. We all come from different walks of life, and we talk about our children, and it's quite... Although we then get really drunk... <laughs> and then attack people with knives. But no, we just sit there and we talk... And when you're talking about your children, you can't go, oh, yeah, my kid killed someone today. You talk about nice things and the lovely Why things Why does alcohol always have to be aggressive? Yeah, quite often, so especially when drank in excess, it does naturally get people talking more, doesn't it? You know, and it's almost like a competition as well. Who can drink the most? Can yeah. you drink me under yeah. the table? Is that the same with girls as it is with blokes or is it worse with men? It's the same with girls in the sense that we, well, women like drinking cocktails. So it's like, how many cocktails can you have? Then I don't think there's there's um, a no. I don't think it's a competitive element. If anything, all what of the drinking shots? competitions that I'd ever had were brought on by guys that I'd been dating or on those holidays that you go to, like, Cars, Zante, um, Ayanapa, the 16 to... No, the 18 to 30s clubs that you'd go to, and they'd be like, if you dance on that bar, 
we'll give you free drinks all night. And, and, what did, and the girls were like, yes, please. And what do, so when girls see these groups of pissed up, leery men, it is different. If you see a group of drunk, leery men coming towards you, it feels different, doesn't it? Than if you see a group of pissed up, leery women coming towards you, there's a different... Energy. Threat. There's a threat built into that group. It's a different movie. If you think of all the, one of the cliches of movies is, you know, five or six people walking towards the camera, whether it's Reservoir Dogs or Sex in the City. And if you think of five blokes with shaved heads walking towards you holding pints, it's a very different vibe to five glamorous-looking th- women walking down a Benidorm street. You think Brexit <laughs> immediately. There's a slight <laughs> element. They just certainly don't think the European Court of Human Rights is in session. <laughs> but I was thinking about what you were saying about the communality of drinking and, you know, the whole thing of uh, buying rounds. I was just thinking why heroin doesn't work. Because people don't sit around taking heroin going, would you like some heroin? Yes, please. And going up to the heroin bar and all sat around well, toasting each other. illegal, maybe. Well, there is. Maybe, maybe heroin bars are the next... Heroin shots is well, the next thing. Be, there used to be morphine places where everyone went oh, and yeah, hung out. Oh, yeah, Coleridge, all those romantic poets were off there. Uh, William Wilberforce, he was an opium addict. Coleridge used to... Or Coleridge, he actually hired a man to stop him going into chemists. Yeah. He was so desperate to break his addiction. Yeah. That he hired him, but the bloke hated the job because Coleridge used to just attack him. <laughs> no, go, don't sorry. go in there. Go, don't tell me what to do. It's like, yeah. but you just boom. So I think he gave it up. But in the supposedly end. Yeah. Coleridge wrote uh, Kubla Khan, and it, uh, he wrote the first half of it out of his head on opium, didn't he? Apparently, it and went. Someone arrived and he had to deal with it and he forgot the rest of it mm. or something. It, it would have been different if he'd have smashed a couple of Sambucas before he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Kobla Khan was a fucking legend. Kobla, Kobla, Kobla I think it's very much about our culture as well in the UK. Yeah. Um, drink and, uh, you know, alcohol, everything it's associated with, aside from the violent side of things when it gets out of hand, it's a celebration, you know. And I suppose you lose your inhibitions a bit as well. One of your mates is going travelling, we'll have a drink as a send-off. It's New Year's Eve, let's have a drink. It's your birthday, let's have a drink. We're about to go on holiday, let's have a drink. I'm depressed, let's have a drink. I'm (laughs) alone, let's have a drink. I'm an alcoholic, let's have a drink. I can't give an example that doesn't end with let's have a fucking drink. I'm 14. Let's have a drink. See over the park. <laughs> right, well, thanks for chatting. Thank you very much, David Quantic, Arthur Smith, and thank you to AJ Adudu for doing our lady audit at the end of each debate. Uh, this has been Boys Don't Cry. It's joe.co.uk. Please leave a review, hit subscribe, tell other people about it. If you haven't enjoyed it, just keep your mouth shut. There's enough pain and misery in the world anyway, you miserable wanker. <laughs> You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe.